Welcome to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast presented by Dean Duplessis. We bring you up to date with all the ongoing fixtures domestically and on the international scene. We profile players, both current and former, and tell you all you need to know in the world of cricket. Nick, thanks very much for your time. I guess we'll start off by saying welcome home. You seem to have settled in rather nicely to the uh, domestic tournaments that you've played so far. Are you enjoying yourself? Are you happy to be back? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, firstly, thanks for having me on this. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's been amazing to be home. Nice to be back with the family and, you know, playing cricket in my home. Um, yeah. Been amazing, mm, and it it seems to me that because you have obviously played domestic cricket here before, you went off to Leicestershire for a stint there. That you've settled in rather nicely because you know the conditions, you know a lot of the coaching staff, you know the players. So I, I guess coming back really wasn't much of an adjustment for you at all. Yeah, I'd say in terms of cricket, not so much. Um, it's obviously feels a bit strange being home for good now, um, in an exciting way, obviously. But yeah, I'd say on the field, yeah, not much adjusting because it's where I started. Um, yeah, so it's, it's gone smoothly so far. I suppose uh, when you were in Leicestershire, there was a bit more swing and seam in the pitches, whereas here the pitches are a little lower and slower and assist the spinners a bit more. Yeah, the, those English conditions are renowned for being quite challenging. Um, <laughs> yeah, now it's definitely a bit more batsman friendly in Zim. Um, yeah, so... It's good. I would say going to England really helped my cricket in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, all right, so you've had, a, you've had a nice time of it. You were certainly very prolific in the NPL where you scored a whole heap of runs. You've batted quite nicely now as well up to this point in the Pro 50 Championships. But would you say that you're a bit frustrated in getting quite a few 50s and then not being able to capitalize and, and go on to the big 100? Yes, because you know, you know what cricket's like. Hey, you, when the runs are flowing, you've got to capitalise. That definitely um, levels out in the long run. I feel it's really frustrating when you're in good nick and you know you are and you leave runs out there. Um, I guess I should have been more greedy and got the big ones. But again, you know, if you offer me 60 or 70 at the beginning of the day, you're more likely to take it. <laughs> but yes, if I'm being harsh on myself, I probably should have converted a few of those. I suppose those a lot of the players, you know, the the players, the big boys of uh, and girls of of world cricket will tell you that uh, sometimes when you get to your hundred, I know Graham Hick, a former England player, always had this expression that he would always say to you, when when I get to my hundred, that's when my innings only really gets going and only really starts. I mean, that's an incredible mindset, isn't it? Yes, I'd say a lot of batting is what's in between your ears. Mm. Um, I guess you've got to find ways of keeping your focus for long periods uh, and obviously fitness plays a big part in that too. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been really focusing on in the last couple of years is having good uh, methods of keeping my focus for long periods of time and I would say I've come quite a long way in that sense. Now you're very fortunate that as soon as you came back to Zimbabwe due to the prolific amount of runs that you scored in the NPL you were then picked to go to Namibia and you obviously unfortunately Zimbabwe lost that series by three games to two but I understand that a lot of people 
are of the opinion that as disappointing as it was to lose that series, it was, it was deemed more as a, as a training camp that you went on as opposed to result orientated. But what was the experience like to, uh, you know, in a, in a very short space of time, be wearing the Zimbabwe colors? Yeah, I'd say it's dream come true. I mean, coming back here, I thought I was going to have to really make some runs for a prolonged period of time. Um, but obviously for the opportunities I've had in such a short space, I'm so grateful for them. Um, yeah, but I've been dreaming about this day for a long time, eh? my, whole, my whole cricket career really. And uh, yeah, just being part of the camp and mixing with these guys, it's just been amazing. And I've, I would say I've learned a lot even in the short space of time. And then of course back to you go to Namibia in, uh, in a little bit where you're going to be playing the all-important World Cup qualifiers. Do you feel nervous about that? I'd say nervous in an excited way um, because we had the fortune of going there um, obviously a couple of weeks ago. I kind of, I'd say it settled the nerves in a lot of ways. So I went more on the ball with what to expect from that tour. Um, yeah, and we, I mean, we guys, we've been training hard as a team and I'd say we, we're a lot more ready for it this time around. Um, what are the conditions like in Namibia as opposed to Zimbabwe? Are the pitches even slower there? Firstly, hot. <laughs> yeah, that heat uh, is very different. Um, and yeah, the pitches were the pitches were definitely trickier. They were quite soft. Uh, I think they had to put a lot of water on them because of the heat. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, for me, coming from where I came from, that's probably more English-type pitches than other people are used to. You oh, know, right. yeah. so um, yeah, but they weren't they weren't the easiest. They're challenging. Um, so, like I said, we know what to expect. Mm. What we don't really know, what you don't really know, what to expect is the rest of the opposition. I mean, uh, and I guess this is what makes it a little bit tricky because <clears throat> in terms of, if you look at the Zimbabwe team on paper, they should really be able to take care of most of the teams there. But complacency is a very, very big and dangerous thing that can obviously, you know, cause a lot of trouble. But you don't really know much about the, the rest of the opposition that you're going to be playing, do you? No, we don't. But uh, I wouldn't say complacency in our change rooms really been a thing. I think guys were a bit tired and also, again, you know, when you don't know a lot about a cricket team, it's hard to do your homework on them. Um, but there's no complacency. We have the sort of mentality that you play every single game. That's the game in front of you and we go out and play our best. And uh, I think we have done that. We just didn't quite get it right on that tour. But going forward, I, there will be no complacency. Everyone wants to win every single game that's in front of us, you know. And tell us about the team spirit. I mean, you've had two very different um, experiences. Tell us, first of all, what your experience was like at Leicestershire and what you learned. And then talk to us about the experience that you've had coming back to the country of your birth and interacting with the, the backroom staff and players. So give us a comparison between the two. Yeah, so... My journey in England was quite tough, you know. I, you know, when you're away from your support system, your family and stuff, you, I had to grow up really fast and uh, I had to learn a lot of things on my own. And then when I finally broke into the county cricket, it was, it's challenging, you know. You're constantly being challenged. It's, it's a lot. The weather's not the best. And uh, I had to learn a lot on my own, um, more mentally. So I do think in a lot of ways that stint, that side really shaped the person I am today, both on and off the cricket field. Um, yeah, and then when I came back here, 
obviously I've been welcomed with open arms by these guys and they've been amazing to me and I've you know, I've got everything at my disposal now. My family's here. I've got good training facilities down the road. So I've, I've managed to get the volume I needed. And because I wouldn't, I would say I'm probably in a lot better a headspace, I've managed to transfer that into my cricket in a sense. I think headspace, that's a very important word that you use, by the way. Headspace is such an important ingredient to the success of what you do, not just in cricket, but in life. Yes, 100%. I. Uh, I think when you, your mind's not so fogged, you can think a bit more clearly and back your plans, you know? And uh, when you're in a happier place, I would say it has a direct impact on your results on the cricket field. And I feel like in my case, that's definitely the fact. Um, are there certain, uh, I mean, I'm pretty, because it seems to me that there's a very good team spirit in this Zimbabwe setup, but you know, there are always I can think of a couple of, of uh, examples back in the day, Jacques Cullis and Mark Boucher were very, very good friends. And I know that, you know, um, Ben Stokes and Josh Butler are very tight as well in terms of friendship and, and so on. Have you established something similar like that with the team now or are you still finding your feet and getting to know the players in that regard? Well, lucky enough for me, I obviously grew up here, so I knew a lot of the players before I left. And like I said earlier, they've genuinely been so awesome to me in terms of me coming back and wel welcoming me with open arms. And uh, because, as you know, the cricketing community is a bit smaller, you tend to be more tight-knit. And uh, yeah, it's just been an amazing team environment and we all really click with each other and have good fun on and off the field. Um, yeah, the, the team cohesion has been amazing. So who are the serious ones and who are the more light-hearted ones? <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. <laughs> no, no, everyone's, I'd say everyone's got a good balance between um, enjoying and making sure on your off days you're getting away from the game and giving your, bra your brain a bit of a rest. And when it comes to cricket, everyone's quite good at switching back on and making sure they're focused on what's at hand. Because that balance is so important, isn't it? Where when you're on a um, maybe go on an outing, you know, especially if you're in another country and you, you go, like if you're in India, you go to the Taj Mahal or wherever it is that you are, that you momentarily just switch off from the cricketing perspective, regardless of how bad things are, and you focus on what's in front of you and the, the leisurely side of a tour as well. And then as soon as you get back to the dressing room or get into the nets, you, you have to have that ability to effortless, effortlessly switch between the two. Yes, well, I would, I would like, from seeing different players, it's quite interesting to see how different some people are. So like on the Namibia trip, some people want to go out and do things, other people want to just lie by the pool and relax and give their body a rest. So it's quite, it's quite nice to see that people have different interests in that sense, and I think it's quite good to have that in a group, you know. And I guess having visited Namibia, Second time round, you'll kind of know which places to frequent and which ones to stay away from. I just need to know where the swimming pool is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your younger brother, Matthew. He, I mean, we've seen his name uh, on a couple of occasions. It's, it just amazes me. And I was actually talking to Antum Nakvi about this, as to how many siblings actually play the sport. And here we have another classical situation. Tell us, tell us about Matthew. Um... <laughs> Yeah, obviously being my younger brother, it's it's been great to have him more later on in life when we're close, you know, we're pretty close together in age. There's a few years between us, uh, but now we're old enough that we can help each other out more in the cricket. You know, it was always me sort of trying to be the older brother, 
but now we can go to the nest together and really work on a few things. Um, super talented kid, um, but it's nice that I'm now back home and I can, you know, we can feed off each other because um, we're very, very similar characters. And I would say he's got a very bright future ahead of him. He just needs to keep his head down. And, you know, while I'm around, I'm going to do my best to help him go where he needs to go. So what would you say, would there be any differences between the way that you play? Like from, from a Zimbabwe perspective, the Flower Brothers, Grant was very, very solid. Some would even say stodgy. I think that's a bit unkind, but that's <laughs> how he was sometimes referred to as. Very solid. Um, didn't necessarily have the repertoire of strokes that Andy had. As you know, Andy was very aggressive against the spinners. But together, when those two got together in a partnership, they complemented each other. Is there a difference between the way you two play, or are you very similar in your approach? I'd say we're pretty similar, to be honest. I, uh, I've never actually had the luxury of batting with my brother, believe it or not. Um, but, I mean, we've we had the same team at Eagles, but either I'm away or he's not playing or whatever. So it hasn't really worked out just yet, but... I'm sure our playing days together are ahead of us. You're both still um, very young, so there's no reason why that shouldn't change. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It'll be absolutely wonderful. I've, I've been in contact with your dad on many occasions throughout the years from when you, both of you were very small. And he, he seems to obviously have a great interest. Uh, well, I'm sure all of your family do, but talk to me about the importance of family supporting you and, and being behind you and guiding you and encouraging you. Listen, my, my family and I, we, we're a very tight-knit family and they've been my support system the whole way through and I can't give them enough credit for that. And especially my dad growing up um, in all sports, but then especially when I started focusing on my cricket, my dad's been my number one supporter and he's really gone out of his way to give us all the opportunities and all the practice and all the everything, you know. He's, he's just been there for us from day one and... Yeah, I'm forever grateful for what my dad's done for me and my brother and our whole family, really. Can your dad sometimes be a little bit uh, strict and stern with you when things aren't going according to plan, or is he quite laid back? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, I'd say, the right amount of everything. Eh? Um, it's, if you do well, it's never necessarily a well done. It's how can you be better? Um, when I've had my well done from my dad, you know, I can... You know I've done a good thing, you know. But uh, no, like I said, I'm grateful for that sort of approach to things because it's constantly made me strive to work harder and be better. Looking at your, uh, your record, you know, it, it certainly seems as if you enjoy the shorter formats of the game more. But I remember once having a, a conversation with Alistair Campbell when I was about 16 and I think he would have been about 21. And he said, despite... Um, if you look at my record, my one-day international record is way better than my test record. However, I prefer playing test cricket. It's just that I haven't been able to convert the starts into scores of significance. Which format of the three do you like the most? That's a great question <laughs> because I, um, I do love all formats. I'd say it's, you know, the way 50 over cricket is going, it's probably a bit upsetting that it's not thriving like it used to be. I would say that's probably my favourite format purely because the tempo of the game really suits my style of batting. You know, you can take a bit of time and then you can play shots because I really like uh, bat on ball. Um, but I would say, especially the last two years, I do enjoy the T20 format a lot. Uh, it's obviously a lot less taxing on your body. Um, it's more short and ex exciting. 
but you know there's a time and place for all all formats and you know whatever's in front of me i try and enjoy that as much as i can but if you were to be given a chance to play test cricket after obviously having earned your your stripes and uh, paid your dues in terms of scoring runs at first class cricket i'm sure you'd love to to play a bit of test cricket as well oh yes of course that's yeah. uh if you kids dream growing up eh of course i would um i just want to all formats and do the best I can. Do you like opening the batting? Um, I, I love the way Dave Houghton in a previous interview described you as a typical T20 opening batter. Is that, is that something that you enjoy or are you one of those floating players who you don't mind whether you bat at number one or number you know open the batting or bat in the middle order? Of, of course I think it's important to be able to bat in all positions and be a bit flexible like that because it's good for when the team needs it but on a personal point I would say because I've opened my whole life and I've obviously played everywhere at some point. Opening the batting has definitely been my favourite position. I'm not the biggest fan of waiting for a wicket to fall. I'm not a good watcher of the game. <laughs> I like to just get out there and do my business, you know. Do you know how many batsmen in the past, so, you know, those greats of the, of the 1970s and early 1980s, Sir Vivian Richards uh, and a couple of others, actually before they batted and after they batted would actually go and sleep in the dressing room. They would, because like you, they're not great watchers of the game. So. <laughs> Wow, I find that incredible. Uh, you know, I mean, you have a have a knock, maybe score a hundred, or you're about to go in and bat, so you don't really have a look at the opposition. You just curl up in a heap in the corner and, and have a sleep. <laughs> Is that something that you would have done if you'd batted way down the order? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say because I'm not a good watcher, it probably makes me a bit tense in that sense. So, yeah, I would say maybe with practice, I would get better at being more calm. But because I haven't had a long enough stint down the order I'm not too used to it so I haven't quite found the balance yet. yeah and of course you're not allowed to bring your laptops and your uh, your your devices into the dressing room so you can't play games and uh, entertain yourself like that <laughs> but generally speaking Nick are you quite a calm individual out there in the middle uh, or, or do you get quite agitated almost I suppose like a bit like a Virat Kohli who is so intense when he's out there uh, is that what is your approach when you're out there in, given the match situation? I'd say I'm, I, I, I want to be calm. I, I don't know if I am. You'd have to ask other people, but <laughs> I try to be calm because I think it definitely also helps your partner. You know, if a wicket falls and your partner is walking onto bat, your next partner, and you're there smiling, maybe crack a joke, ease the tension, that's the kind of cricketing partner I want to be. So I make an effort to be like that, and uh, yeah, and if I, just, I just you know like in between overs when you're having conversations with your partner, I don't want to be too tense. It obviously depends on the game situation, but you know even if it is tense, you make a joke here or there, and you just try and take the edge off, you know, because at the end of the day it's a game of cricket, and you you also want to be out there and relax and enjoying yourself. So we are blessed with an abundance of incredibly talented cricketers around the world, and even in our country. Um, talk to me about some of the players when you were growing up that you admired and then some of the players now as you beginning to find your way in the world who do you look up to now um, and who did you look up to when you were much younger? I'd say when I was a youngster my my idol was probably <laughs> Ricky Ponting oh, yeah. uh, I used to love watching him bat uh, we had a quite a similar technique growing up you know bat on the ground and lifting it last minute so it was quite a nice guy to base my technique off um, but truth be told, growing up, I didn't have too many people I used to avidly watch, you know. 
I just enjoyed the game and stuff. I enjoyed it, like I said earlier, I enjoyed playing the game more than I enjoyed mm. watching it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now, you know, I'm in the Zim team and I, I look up to all the guys. They're mostly my seniors and I, I'm constantly looking at them and trying to learn. And yeah, most of all, just trying to be a, a good part of the team unit, you know. And uh, yeah, like I said, I just, I'm in admiration to all of them. And uh, yeah. And then uh, just to conclude, obviously, this World Cup qualifiers means a lot to everybody. Do you feel confident that Zimbabwe will be okay in qualifying? <sighs> yeah, lots of good questions. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think on paper we, we have a really good team, a good yeah. bunch, a talented bunch. Uh, I'd like to think we'd be okay, but like I said, there's no room for complacency. Mm -hmm. We've got to go there and do a job. So whatever team's in front of us, we've got to make sure we do our homework and uh, are well prepared. Now we're going to have some fun, Nick. That's all the serious <laughs> meat and potatoes out of the way. Now we're going to have some rapid-fire questions. Um, what is your f one day when you've earned quite a bit of money playing cricket around the world? What would your favourite car be that you'd want? I'd say uh, a VX Land Cruiser. Okay, that's nice. So yeah. you're not into the sports cars. No, no. All right, VX Something Land Cruiser can take me in the bush. Good enough for me. I yeah. quite like that. Um, one day when you are retired, where would you prefer to settle down, by the coast or in the bush? Right here. Right here. Yeah. In the urban city. Yes. That, that, okay. Um, favorite food? Favorite food, probably a, a sirloin steak, I'd say. I hope you like it with fat on. <laughs> a bit, not too much. Not too much. Medium yeah. rare? Uh, medium. Ah. Yeah. Uh, your favorite drink? My favorite drink? Uh, Castle Light, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Your most embarrassing situation that you've had on the cricket field? On the cricket field, I took a catch at Cow Corner and uh, I threw it up about 10 million miles in the air celebrating and it was a free hit and I forgot and <laughs> I threw it so high, I think they ran another two and everyone was pretty upset with me. Well, that. that's a bit like Herschel Gibbs dropping the World Cup in 1999 <laughs> when you were just one year old. Nick Welsh, it's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you very much for taking a bit of time out to come and have a chat and wishing you all the very best. And we sincerely hope that you have a very long and successful career with Zimbabwe and uh, that franchises recognize you around the world and that you will uh, hopefully be able to entertain many Zimbabweans and many people around the world with your stroke play. Thanks for your time. Dean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Dean at Stumps, Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast, presented by Dean Duplessis. Join us again next week and catch up with all the action in the world of cricket.